doing it like this. summer again? I told you, I spent it with my uncle in Alaska, hunting wolverines. Did you shoot any? Yes, like 50 of them. They kept trying to attack my cousins. What the heck would you do in a situation like that? What kind of gun did you use? A freaking 12 gauge, what do you think? You guys believe in angels? Man, give me a fruit cut. Well, I can't. If I did that, then I'd have to give it to you every day, and I won't get all my vitamins. Do you know who you're dealing with? Chill, Nasty Nate. It's my bitch. Anybody gonna stab him, it's gonna be me. Got a problem with that? You better watch your back, fish. The school master ain't gonna be there for you all the time. Because next time I come for you, I'm gonna want some cocktail. Fruit! Take it. The MacGyver smoker is a very handy guy to have around, especially when it comes to reefer. Hey man, we're out of papers. All right, then get me a toilet paper roll, a corkscrew, and some tin foil. We don't have a corkscrew. All right, then get me an avocado, an ice pick, and my snorkel. Trust me, bro, I've made bombs with less. Hurry up! Love when the devil's at work, cause he hates the prayer. I love it. Rob, you blind with our faces bare. You don't ever spare the rat, feed the snake with care, and kill both of them. Old or young, take it there. I will overcome. Overcame, they didn't like it. If he could afford his habits, he could pay for his vices, you see. I'ma love the game until it ain't in my likeness. I hated it till robberies made it the heisest. I was scared, I ain't wanna do it. I still did it if I had to and have to. I will get it, wasn't glad to. I'm past due, but I held different in my cash blue. And fast food got mill tickets. Twice I failed, they lucked up with me once. Give him a shot, then he fucks up the re-up. 
Put him in the spot, now the young buck is G'd up, huh? Kick locks and untuck till we are. Everything you hear on this podcast episode is non-commercial, fair use, creative commons license. Welcome back to episode 111 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Going to have an interesting episode today. It's going to be on a subject or a word or an idea concept that people just pass over without much consideration and it is really one of the cornerstones of what it is to be a human being or what it is to live a truly fulfilled life and that subject is the imagination okay as Terence McKenna once said the Tao or the English translation to the Tao in English equivalent would be the imagination in which I agree but I think it's even much more than that And as we delve a little deeper into what the imagination actually is, is we need to have an understanding that whatever you look at, uh, whether it's an automobile or a wristwatch or a bicycle, whatever it is that you're looking at, you have to understand that before that ever really existed, before... Before the Wright brothers developed the first airplane at Kitty Hawk that they flew in whatever it was, 1901, before that ever took place, it was a facet or an aspect of their imagination, an idea that they had, that they had it in their mind that we're going to create this flying machine, all right, and it's in their imagination, and they began to look at the bird wing and the whole shape of the wing and the pressure, whether or not they knew all the physics behind it, but they had a concept that they wanted to fly and then they had a model that they based on what they were going to use to actually get flight, to achieve flight, right? Again, imagination. So a lot of people underpin this because what happens in essence is you might be a person that's in a really bad dire situation Um, you have no hope, there's nothing that you can do, and you're from the bottom, you're from the bottom at the bottom, like Nem says, you know, like Gorilla Nem says, at the bottom. So, you say to yourself, well, what do I have? I have this bottom, this is all I have, and this is all there'll ever be, right? This is my whole totality. But if you stop for a second, and you engage the imagination, what's going to happen is, You're going to be in a position where you're going to start to look for opportunities as opposed to, as opposed to reacting to problems, as opposed to acting to oppression or depression or whatever negative forces being pinned against you and holding you down. So you'll look at something that's actually, I'll, I'll give a perfect example. I have a friend of mine, I know, um, years ago that he was working at a restaurant right he went there he went to work part-time and he was being very flexible with the guy you know he didn't really know anything about the restaurant business but he got into the restaurant you know went there worked as a server as you know cashier whatever but didn't know any of these things and went in came in at a very low pay rate 
And right there, most people, their first day, they're going to say, oh, I have customers snarling at me and I'm trying to work this register and I don't know how to use it and I have this food all over the place and I got to scrub dishes. And they look at it and they never come back. And, and that's the end of that. And there's no imagination. There's no progress. There's no purpose. It's just hollow and it's just existing in a state of suffering. But what my friend did was... He looked at the situation and made an evaluation and said, I could look at this as a problem or I could look at this as a step or an element, uh, a, a modular piece of the solution that I need to get out of my suffering. And what I mean by that is he looked at it and says, well, you know what? I don't know how to work a cash register, but at this job, I'm actually learning how to use a cash register. I'm learning how to bust tables. I'm learning the restaurant business, okay? What it is to serve people. You got the back end and you got the front end. So he's learning, said to himself, I'm learning the front end of the restaurant, how to serve food, how to um, engage with the client, engage with the customer, talk to them about the specials that we have. And he began to learn the restaurant business and he ended up owning his own restaurant, long story short. So what he did was he took what initially was a negative problem where he was in a state of suffering, where he was underpaid, where there was seemingly no opportunity, but through the vehicle of him, of course, with God also, with the blessing of God, because God is, he's going to reach halfway and you got to reach halfway, you know, that's basically how it works. What he did was he employed his imagination and he said, you know, I'm going to ride this vehicle, I'm going to take this part-time job as a cashier, bussing tables and washing dishes, and through imagination and through purpose, transfigured that into owning his own restaurant and being very successful. I don't know where the guy's at now, but I know he was doing good for a number of years. And it was amazing to me because I said to myself, wow, this, this is really what it's all about. I mean, we look at the world and say to ourselves, well, the world is presenting nothing but problems and suffering and complexity and challenge. And we walk away and we tuck our head down in, into the, you know, to a hole in the ground and cry, you know, or don't step up or face, to, face up to our challenges, right? To our situation that we are to improve our lot, to move forward, to progress, to employ imagination, to employ strategy, to employ purpose, right? We don't do any of those things. What we look at is what's on the front surface, as I say. Um, we need to have the ability to perceive through the layers of reality. And these, these are some of the layers that we have. And imagination is one of the tools that we use that pierces through all of those layers simultaneously because what it does is it gives us our pathway or our ultimate goal of where we want to be, right? Our pathway to achieving our purpose, our pathway, because, you know, you never get to the point where you say, oh, I'm, I'm completely here and, you know, I'm able to work a cash register and work at the front end of a restaurant. And I, No, that's a building block of where you are. So one of the next building blocks is going to be how do I learn the back end of the restaurant where they cook and how all of these things take place, ordering food and such, right? And pay bills and profit and loss, right? So there's a number of building blocks which ultimately will take you from a state of suffering 
to getting a temporary part-time job working a cash register and washing dishes at a restaurant, converting that into you owning your own restaurant and training other people on how to work cash, cash registers and uh, you know washing dishes and the cycle goes on and on. But the minute a person sees, oh, I'm washing dishes, their ego engages and they say to themselves, well, I'm washing dishes here and people are yelling at me and I'm scraping food off of plates. And this is, this is not for me, the ego. The ego's yelling out at the top of its lungs. And, and, and most people, they get defeated and they say, you know what, I'm not doing this. So they want to have that cushy job that they like, that pays well or whatever. That job that basically doesn't exist unless if you earn it, right? So I'm getting a little complex on this, but there's a lot of... Um, a lot to be unfolded, a lot to be learned from when it comes to the imagination and utilizing the imagination as a vehicle to the pathway of your fulfilling your purpose and getting to where you need to be, you know. And again, this is on a day-to-day basis because as as you move up the chain and, and it's not about making a lot of money, it's not having a big fancy car or, you know, flying private jet, none of that, like you see on Instagram, none of that. Or as they say in the hood, none of that. It's really more about looking at the world as a world of opportunities and challenges as opposed to a world of suffering and ego attachment, you know, attaching your ego to a situation and then ultimately losing at the game. You know what I mean? Because the game, the way it's played and the way you played the hand that you're dealt in the poker game of life is in a way that you don't look at the first card or the hand that you dealt and quit, right? You look at the hand that you dealt and then you make an evaluation of what are my weak points, what are my strong points, what are the things uh, that I can do immediately to change my situation and then go forward from there, i.e. the guy starting at the restaurant at the register washing dishes, right? It's... And... Enmeshed within that whole process is the imagination because, again, the imagination is the vehicle that takes you there, that is able to get you there because it's in your mind. If you don't have this in your imagination, you're just going to see this as a limiting, um, reductionist world where there's no opportunity, there's, there's nothing but suffering and failure and, you know... A cash register job is a cash register job, and that's what it is. But if you employ the imagination, that cash register job could be uh, could result in you owning a chain of your own restaurants, training other people how to work cash registers, if that makes sense, right? So a little bit of a profound concept, but it hit me because I see that um, in conversations and dialogues with people, with things that I watch on social media, you hear, especially you hear a lot of underprivileged people you know, people that grow up without opportunity, and it could be it could be Blanco, it could be Moreno, it could be Irish, it could be Italiano, you know, whatever the case might be. And they're all looking at the situations, and they're all in the same state of suffering in that they are just limited in their uh, potential or their, their um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
They're not living their truly fulfilled lives. They're, they're living under their way under their potential. And that really does stem from looking at the world, not employing the imagination, having a reductionist view of the world, engaging your ego, right? And then almost to agree, almost to a degree, I noticed that some people in that situation actually enjoy attaching to their suffering. It's like they want to complain because they don't know how else to handle um, the suffering that they're in. So the simplest way to do that is to blame, to cry, to complain, and and it's a vicious cycle from there where you just go down. And then the ego, you and your ego could sit in your, uh, you know, in your own puddle of urine in a beanbag naked eating Cheetos, as it were. That's, that's my go-to phrase, right? That's scenario one. Scenario two, instead of just looking at the world from a reductionist point of view without engaging imagination, without instead of doing that, option two is going to be to look at the world as a world of solutions and opportunity with the imagination engaged and with the blessing of God, of course, and Jesus and all that in prayer and, you know, hard work to move towards your goals, right? We need to look at the world as almost like a blank slate or a blank sheet of paper and on the one hand, we have the problem, and then on the right, hand, on the left-hand sheet of paper, we have the problem, and then on the right-hand sheet of paper, we have our imagination where we engage to get a solution to that problem on the first page, right? So page one is the problem, page two is, is, is the blueprint for the solution, it's the imagination, and it's where we look for solutions to the problems that we're facing, whether long-term, short-term, mid-term, whatever the... Whatever the number might be, you know, and this is especially true in the world that we're living in today because of the fact that so many people are in a state of suffering and financial, really financial hardships. You know, people are having, I'm seeing a lot of young people on social media living in their, in their vans, living in tents, what, what have you. We all know what's happening these days, so... Yeah, it's easy to say, oh, you know, you got to pull yourself by your bootstraps and these are the things you got to do. That's all true and that's all boomer talk, yes. But at the same time, what what other option do you have, right? So one of the things I made a habit of doing, I remember I, I worked and I spoke about this in some prior episodes. And this was a huge epiphany that I had. I was probably, I don't know, 17, I think. I forget exactly, 17. I was working at 3rd Avenue Greenery in Midtown Manhattan, New York City, which was on 37th Street and 3rd Avenue, which is the east side, Midtown Manhattan. And I had a boss named Tony. He was the supervisor and the owner named John Adams. His name was John Quincy Adams, right? And the guy, he wasn't the nicest guy. But let me tell you something. He wasn't he wasn't bad either, but he was just a strict boss and, you know, he was a hard dude, you know. Always, you know, got to keep moving, got to keep working. But I looked at it, and one day we got a bunch of um, plastic pumpkins and Halloween stuff that came in, little, just little gidgety stuff from China. And uh, he said, Mike, come with me. We're going to take a look at what just came in. I, I think he didn't even know what he ordered. Some guy, you know, that he knew says, hey, I got a bunch of Halloween stuff. I'll ship it over to you if you could sell it. If not, whatever. So he shipped it over. And then John Quincy Adams, the owner, and I sat down, 
uh, went upstairs into the storage area and then cracked open these boxes and we saw these plastic uh, pumpkins and stuff like that. And he looked at it and then he says, okay. And, and it was weird because he was almost talking to me as an equal, as a partner. And he says, okay, we're going to, he says, you're going to take this pumpkin and then you're going to, we're going to mark it up at this rate. I paid a dollar for it. I want to sell it for $3. I think, what do you think? Right, Miguel? And I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I says, yeah, it sounds good to me. And then shortly after that, I, there was, um, you know, so we put it out on the floor, it sold and it went well. And I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. So this is the part that really I got an epiphany from. There was a plant, uh, a big Dracaena mesangiana, some kind of plant that we had to deliver uptown to, to Spanish Harlem, like up on 116th Street up there in that area. So I went downstairs, got the plant, and then I wasn't sure exactly the best way to go there because it was a big, heavy plant, and the subway was on whatever whatever avenue, up, up, you know, on the east side of New York. So it was a little ways away. So John Quincy Adams said to me, okay, you're going to go on the corner of 38th Street and 3rd Avenue a block away, and you're going to wait for your number 5 bus. When you get your number 5 bus, you take it 10 stops until you, you know, so I says, wait a minute. So he's telling me to go to this corner and wait on my bus. And then when I get on my bus, I'm going to get on my transferred bus. You know, like I'm saying my, he, he said, you're going to get on your bus. So the way John Quincy Adams viewed the world is he viewed the world as his and he doesn't get on a bus. He gets on his bus. And when he describes it to me, he's telling me, Miguel, you're going to get on your number five bus, like your. I know it sounds different, but this delineates people that see the world as problems as opposed to people who see the look at a world in the format of solutions. You see what I'm saying? He saw this world as being his, right? His in the, in the metaphorical sense, in the imagination sense, like this is my world, I'm getting on my bus to achieve my goal, right? Taking ownership of everything. And this is a very important concept, you know, engaging the imagination and, 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 and again, and I keep repeating it, but it's true, looking at the world as a world of solutions as opposed to a world of problems and engaging the imagination, right? So many different elements to this because what incorporated into this is learning how to take a loss because really what a loss is is just you taking an additional step towards achieving your goal and getting success. Or making the determination is this goal the one that you really want to achieve or is the goal that you're looking for two steps over from what you're looking to do you might want to be a dentist but then you realize that it's not going to work out for you because the insurance and all that makes it hard so you end up getting in the dental industry making different whatever it might be something else in the dental being a dental salesman they, they can make a lot of money you know what i mean so little bit of an obscure um, concept that I'm trying to share with you guys today, but it's it's something that we really need to look into because we don't have enough of that. Everything that we're dealing with in these days is very reductionist and very one-dimensional. There's a word that I like to use, one-dimensional, where this world is multi-dimensional, right? And there's so many things out there that can become actual vehicles for us to achieve our goals and we don't realize it because we are dealing at level one 
one dimension and that's all we are and that's all we know and that's our existence and we end up sleeping in our van and suffering and potentially being homeless and all this, right? So you got to take the baby steps. Like, again, like my friend working at the restaurant, working the register, which transitions into him having, you know, his own restaurant and being very successful, right? Again, not about money, but about maximizing your potential. There's a lot, there's a lot in this uh, episode. So something to think about, something to reflect on, something that is not an easy concept, but it is really essential that you look into that. Uh, what I'm, what I'm speaking on, on this episode and, uh, yeah, so we're going to leave it right there at that. I, you know, I do want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, praise Yeshua HaMashiach's name, praise Jesus Christ's name, and thank you for listening. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Knowledge Hobo. That's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com you can see the promotional t-shirts there reach out to me also if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast just reach out and see if I can get that done I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners which is great so I want to thank you for listening and namaste